0: Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Dave Snyder, the CEO of content marketing agency CopyPress. Now, this is a great 20-minute chat all about content marketing, SEO, and there's a huge amount of insight. Thanks for downloading. This is a great chat. I really enjoyed Recorded this episode. Uh, chatting with Dave Snyder, the CEO of content marketing agency CopyPress. Now, if you're a beginner or an experienced content marketer, you're going to get something from this episode, Okay, Uh, We're going to delve into how quickly content marketing can bring results. We talk about what results are as well. What is a result for your content? Uh, We talk about formats of content, repurposing your content. And to top it all off, there's a little bit of SEO chat as well. Now, you can find Dave on Twitter, also on the CopyPress website, which is copypress.com copypress.com there's links in the show notes so tap those can i quickly mention that not another marketing podcast is ad free love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media subscribe on your favorite podcast app you can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcast can i also quickly mention uh, my bi-weekly podcasting newsletter on linkedin it's called stream feeders uh, there's lots of tips and advice for brands who want a podcast. So there's links for that again in the show notes. Now let's get on with it, right? So the first thing I asked Dave was if content marketing was more about the long game, or can we generate results quickly?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think people have like a lot of different perceptions on what content is, right? Yeah. Um, and so that that's part of the issue because content is a thing and not a channel, right? Yeah. Uh, and so as marketers, we're always so channel focused. Um, and so what I, what I do is I break it content into four big buckets. I break it into a timely bucket. So timely means the content needs to be fresh. So think about your social media feed, right? Yeah. Um, press releases, things that are on what I would consider your blog, like things that are up to date and in the moment. Um, the next big category is resource content, right? Like your how to, what is a, you know, that's the kind of content that will take a while to get results from. Um, yeah. less so the timely content. Then you've got your sales content, which I break down as commercial intent. People are going here to buy something. So if you're in B2B, it might be a landing page. If you're in e-commerce, it could be, you know, a product page. Um, and then you have what I call the grind content, which is like the content that you put in your CRM or your email newsletter yeah. or your loyalty stuff. And so really the no matter when we're trying to get people to take an action in the buying cycle, there should be content there for them to do that thing. Right? Yeah. So I should be able to put content out today that gets an immediate action in sales. Sure. Um, if I'm doing it and again, it, it based on channel, right? And so if yeah. you're talking about SEO, yeah, it may take a while for commercial content, Or your resource content to drive results. But look, if CNN puts a news article up today and it's fresh and timely, it's going to rank immediately, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I like this idea. I like this idea of putting things into little silos. So we've got different types of content for different types of things.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think it's too often people don't think about that, right? Or they try to approach content very channel specific. And it's like, no, let's think about content holistically and kind of bucket it up, and then think about what we're trying to get from
0: an ROI perspective. Yeah. Do you think we've got to stop using the word content? Yeah, maybe. Something <laughs> totally new. Some new buzzword. Yeah, I, I remember listening to a, a a director, a movie director, oh, it was ages ago, and, and he walked out of an interview, because the, the journalist who was interviewing him referred to his movie as as new content on Netflix. And and he, he kind of like turned around and he said, like, we've employed, like, 6,000 people over many months and spent almost a $100 million on making this movie. And it's almost like you relegate something to the word content. It's just a blog post. It's just a social media post. It's more than that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, a 100%. And there's also the ability to mix and match content. And like, you know, I can use those resource articles I write That might be for my SEO and use those in my email newsletter. Right. Um, And so it really is something where I think it's a bigger approach. I see so many marketers when they're getting into content marketing be like, all right, we got to do a blog. And it's like, you know, that's the immediate like um, resolution for them with content marketing. And again, it is much bigger than that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, do you think we need to look at the different types of formats as well, uh, and putting the different formats into the different silos for, for for the immediate stuff, the newsworthy stuff we want, and also for the long term things? Do do the different formats like video and social media, all this? Sort of, do they work different speeds? Do you think?
1: Yeah, and I think, and again, I think you can reutilize them, right? So, mm. um, a good example would be if I write a really great piece of long form content that's resource driven, and in that content, I have infographics and animated GIFs, right? Yeah. I can then take those visual assets and utilize them in my you know, Instagram feed. Yeah. Um, or I can use them on LinkedIn. Um, same thing with eBooks, right? Or I can take my eBook and make it a downloadable ad on LinkedIn and take one of the pages in that and make it a quick view as a, a post in LinkedIn to go to that, right? There's, I think one of the issues is so many people are all in when they create their content, they go, okay, here's the channel. We're putting it out and it's gotta be a home run or it's to fail. Right. Yeah. Where it's more like, Hey, how about you take that content? How many ways can you repurpose it? How many ways can you put it out there? And you know, let's hit some base hits right? Let's see how many times we can just get some wins rather than we're putting all of our eggs in this one basket to see what we can get return wise.
0: Yeah. Do you think when we come to actually plan out whatever it is we're creating, be it a video or a, an article on our blog or, or, or resource article or something, do you think we ought to keep in mind the repurposing of it right from the beginning?
1: Yeah, that and honestly, ROI. <laughs> I think yeah, a lot of yeah, marketers yeah. aren't thinking yeah. about roi at all yeah. when they do content so um i think a lot of them again are just like hey my cmo told me i need to start doing content marketing yeah. what does that mean yeah. where do i what should we put out And it's not like well what are we trying to achieve from this thing right yeah. um which will often tell us which channel we need to to kind of go after
0: yeah i think i mean my own opinion is that we need to stop thinking of things as being throwaway. Uh, we, we need to need to think of things as being uh i don't know publishing in a way that you're publishing an article i mean if you were writing a 2000 word magazine article right you'd you'd run it through a spell check you'd you'd multiple drafts you'd you'd spend a lot of time on that but we don't seem to spend as much time on a 2000 word blog post for example
1: yeah yeah i mean um the the world's getting weird Mm. uh specifically with ai being in the (laughs) mix now too right yeah so you know, for several years, I've wondered, like, what's the implications on our business with AI? And what I'm seeing is, you know, there's no implications on Copy Press's model where it's high-end content. Um, the AI is taking out the the low-quality providers, right? Because what's the point yeah. of paying a human if I can get the same kind of thing? But the, the issue for us as a human civilization is we don't have... We have more content than we need here yes. <laughs> in this universe, and we're all creating more and more on top of it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so the idea I don't think for anyone is how can I produce more? It's how can I produce better? Because I think better is going to win long term, um, and I think that's where AI will never be. Because AI needs. Pre existing resources to generate what it creates, right? Yeah. It's, so it's going to be basically creating more noise from the noise yeah. that already exists to create more noise. And yeah. I think that's what we have to kind of, as marketers, say, oh, okay, I need to get out of that spinning wheel and yeah. do something better.
0: And, and the AI is always, if the AI, AI is coming up with the actual content, let's hope not. But, but if it is, then then it's always going to be slightly out of date because it's always going to have to be working on historical data, which it's getting. And
1: Yeah, and then you have the issue now of what is real and what's not real online, right? Yeah. I mean, AI yeah. is AI-driven content as much as people want it to be. Look, I, I've been in SEO for a long time. We've had AI-driven content. We called them content spinners for a long time, sure. right? Yeah, Things are smarter now. Okay. But at the end of the day, can only process what you put into it. Um, and so with all of these other issues we have, right? Like, again, how do you filter out that noise and how do you filter out what's fake? Um, and I think even taking AI aside, I think we see the same issue with marketers where they're like, oh, okay, well, we need to create 100 pieces of content because our competitors have it and we'll just copy what they've done. And it's like, well, do you even know if that's worth doing? Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. Um, what's the point there?
0: Yeah. So do you think if we, are instead of creating more, we should maybe look at revisiting what we've already done and and make that better as well?
1: A hundred percent. Right. Um, I think that's one of the biggest issues I see too with like, you know, biggest issue I see with content marketing is what I brought up with ROI, like stating that ROI ahead of time. What's our goal here. The next thing is a post-mortem on, well, what worked and what, what didn't and why, right? Maybe the idea was great and it was executed poorly um maybe there's a better format for that thing to be in um but there's not enough thought process it's kind of like all right that's dead go on to the next thing what can we come up with yeah right um and you don't see this it's so weird that we approach content so much differently than like ads per se right Sure. yeah where advertising you go through that iteration right yeah Yeah. hey let's a b test let's do all of these things but content no it's just kind of like all right one off, go to the next thing. One off, go to the next thing. And yeah. no, there's. I think there's something to be said. Do a post mortem. Find your wins. Find where your losses were, and figure out like you know how do we continue to improve what we've
0: created. Yeah, yeah. Because you do. You, you hear too often, sort of like Friday afternoon, three o'clock. Oh, I haven't done a blog post. I just need yeah. to get something out quick. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, or yeah, a newsletter
1: yeah. or whatever it is. It's 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 an afterthought.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think as marketers we need to kind of change our mindset of a slightly different mindset when we look at, at generating content?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely do because I think, mm. again, most people are are just looking at it as blog posts, yeah. right? Um, and I think that what we need to look at is all of the different conversion materials that are around that. Cause I also think, you know, if you go into content marketing from a perspective, I'm just going to make a sale from this thing. Sure. Um, let's say specifically if you're in the e-commerce space, right? Like if I write an article on an e commerce site, it's going to be pretty difficult for it to trail into a sale. Um, but if I pixel those users and then serve them ads that are related to what I just wrote, right. Yeah. Um, that right so let's say i'm on a, a website and, um i'm writing an article about manchester united and i pixel mm-hmm. them and i serve them ads for man U jerseys sure right? yeah that that that's the kind of thing i think we need to be thinking outside the box i think a lot of content marketers don't think that way you know yeah, yeah. again i think it, it it kind of begins and ends with that the content production itself
0: yeah yeah i think you're right yeah um, on the seo side of thing they they say seo kind of takes time uh, does it and, and are there ways to kind of speed things up and get our content ranked quicker
1: yeah so i think i mean seo does take time it's not a yeah. one size fits all thing though right like sure um you know if if you are working with a huge corporation let's say nike yeah whatever i put on nike.com is going to rank Pretty much whenever I wanted to, right? Yeah, yeah. So that they don't need to wait on anything. Um, if they put up a, an article, it's probably going to rank w- right away. Sure. Um, but you have, again, two different types of queries you have informational queries, you have commercial, and then within informational, you have your freshness, right? Your timeliness. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to get immediate results, think about timeliness. So, if you're a sports book, as an example, and, you know, March Madness just passed here in the States. Yeah. Um, if you were in February and you're writing a ton of March madness content, you have an opportunity to rank for that because of the timeliness, freshness factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your resource content is going to take a while though if you're a brand new website. Um, and so I think it's a matter of, again, kind of figuring out well what are we trying to achieve from each of these pieces of content and then setting correct expectations. So we work with a ton of companies in the B2B space on the resource type of content yeah and i set their expectations today because we have tons of data that shows hey it takes six months to hit a peak ranking status on most things yeah um and during that time you'll see things kind of moving up and whatnot but you know hey you need to give this six months um again that advice is going to change depending on who the company is if it's the nike example i might say hey we're going to see results much faster than that um but i think it comes down to on the seo side what are we trying to achieve and what content are we creating? It, are there ways for us to slice out wins? Um, again, the, the the best way to slice out those wins is around that timely, fresh content. Yeah. Um, but you also shouldn't force it, right? Like if you're a company that sells air conditioners and you're writing about March Madness, <laughs> yeah. like there's no way, like, you know, it doesn't make a yeah, whole yeah. ton of sense there, no, right?
0: No. I mean, do, do you think Google... Sort of like treats, fresh news, newsy type things, timely content, slightly differently.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100%. And Hmm. I think this is where, if you're able to, as a company, get into Google News, uh, very difficult from a commercial standpoint. But, yeah, I mean, I think they definitely treat, like, you know, a a thing called query deserves freshness. Like, if you type in Ukraine today. Yeah you are not going to get, like, vacation rentals in Ukraine, right? Sure. You're going to see a lot of uh, geopolitical information there because this query deserves that freshness. When people search that word today, they have the expectation that they're going to find information on the ongoing situation in the Ukraine. Yeah, Um, And so I think that's where there are opportunities for marketers, not in the Ukraine situation. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You shouldn't be marketing around that. But, um, you know, I mean, there's definitely – places and times and places where uh, smart marketers can time their content. That's why I think, you know, if you are writing content, you should have Google alerts set up and different ways to pipe in information. Hey, what's happening right now in our space that might be sending up a search trend that we can um, kind of tie into. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I suppose it's it's kind of like um maybe looking at, at at things which happen around your industry or the times of the year or the the yeah. times of a month when people use your your product when your product sells more uh, and trying to deliver timely content like that because presumably Google knows that more folks are searching for things at certain times.
1: Yeah, I mean you see it with sports books all the time. They'll do like just articles on odds and predictions, yeah. right? Yeah. And so what they're doing is they're just utilizing that freshness, that desire for, hey, people are searching for this match. They want to know what the odds are. We're going to lead them right back to the sports book, yeah. right? Um, and so I think that's viable for many people. Um, but I mean, companies have a hard time just creating content. So creating yeah. content really quickly sometimes can be an issue. So I think it's where a good amount of planning needs to be done ahead of time. Hey, here's our editorial calendar for the next six months with major events coming up and here's what we need to do to get it
0: done. Yeah you've mentioned ROI that horrible phrase a couple of times and how do you go about kind of measuring the success of a a piece of content?
1: Yeah so I mean I would say 80% of our business that we do today um, we actually build a piece of software called thematical that helps us cluster keywords together to show because mm. when you write an article you're not going to rank in google for a singular keyword right that sure. article is going to rank for let's say 100 keywords yeah and so you know back in the day we used to do very um list-based keyword research to say okay if we write this article this one keyword's worth x so this article can drive x well yeah. now we do it with thematical we say we cluster all of these keywords and say hey this article on this topic could be worth y yeah. um And then we say, okay, customer, if we write this article for Y, it will cost you this dollar amount. And we believe we'll get this much traffic back based on our algorithm. And we hit that number pretty consistently. Um, And so we, we base our ROI on traffic today. Because right. Copypress is just a content company. So, sure. you know, we can't base it on sales because once the person's there, it's kind of yeah. out of our hands. Yeah, um, but, I mean, but
0: the way, I, yeah, the e commerce side of it could be rubbish, for example. Yeah,
1: who knows? Yeah. The website's bad, everything yeah. is good, but yeah. we base it on that. And what we've really tried to take, um, we're very pro ROI. Hey, let's grade us. Yeah. What is it we are trying to achieve? Um, you know, if a person comes to us for sales, I'll be like, all right, well, let's go to the traffic side. And then we'll give you an estimate and we'll actually fulfill that estimate. Um, and I think, I wish more content companies did approach it that way. Yeah. Um, I think most content companies don't even want to talk about ROI. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they just want to be like, yeah, yeah, ROI, like 3,000 yeah. words. That's the ROI is we're going to write 3,000 of these words. Um, yeah. But I, I think you know, if you're the person who's hiring copy press, then, you know, you have one set of ROI that we've given you from the traffic side. Now you need to figure out, all right, well, what kind of sales can we expect from this? Or can we build lookalike audiences yeah. from this traffic to run Facebook ads cheaper, right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, I think there's lots of different ways to extract value from content. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, when you're looking at these little clusters of topics, would you, would you maybe write more than one article about that topic and and put them all together.
1: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes uh, that's called a hub and spoke strategy, Mm. right? Where you'll create your article on like, you know, what is SEO, Um, and then you could be like, you know, SEO versus social media marketing, right? Um, And then you could interlink those pieces of content back to the main article. I think it really depends on how how much traffic there is around a topic, Mm. right? So yeah. if you have a really huge cluster that's getting millions of visitors a month searching for it, it it probably deserves to have its own section with multiple articles created. Yeah. Whereas if you have a cluster that's just getting, you know, a couple hundred visitors a month searching for that thing, it's better to probably write an all-inclusive one piece of content where you're answering a bunch of those questions in one place.
0: Yeah. Is there any way to kind of like speed up how fast Google can grab our articles and find our articles? Um, I
1: think generally speaking, um, Google's going to recrawl you based on how important you are, they perceive you to be. And so that's where links come back into play. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, another part of your content strategy that people prior to thinking about is going to other websites and seeing if you can create relationships with them where they're sharing your work, you're sharing their work maybe. Right. Yeah. Getting people to link back to you because Google uses those links to say, hey, this is how important, right? The content piece just is the categorization. This website is about this. Yeah. The links part of it says, well, they're really important about this. Yeah. And so I think, you know, uh, a really good content syndication strategy, or call it link building, whatever you want, PR, digital PR is another term you hear now. Um, will help with that reindexation. Um, again, going back to what we discussed before, getting into Google News can really help
0: with that as well. Sure, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Um, I hear a lot of folks using Google Search Console. They go in, then I hate to use the phrase, but they submit their URL. I mean, we're talking 1996 search engines yeah. here, submitting URLs. But uh, folks, do does that does that work? I mean, does Google rank you quicker if you jump in and say, "Hey, here's a new page"?
1: No, I think you're. I think what you're doing is so like, uh, one thing you can do is add your XML sitemap in the search console, yeah. right? So every time you add a new article, that sitemap updates and it goes in, I think what you're doing is you're just making it much easier for Google, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to help you rank better, but what it is going to help Google know sooner that there's something there. right? we used to call it pinging yeah. the search engines when we like back in the day, I think best practices are there for a reason. You just do the, the right thing right um and you make sure that your content's as easy to find for google as possible you have your search console set up and if all those things are done correctly google's going to behave however they're going to behave but you're set up for success right yeah Uh, because none of us can can make google do anything
0: we've been trying for many years i think and and unsuccessfully Uh, so if we want to try and get like quick results from content do do you think it's it is actually easier just to buy ads get the traffic quickly
1: i think that it depends on uh what does easier mean um Mm. right like are you yeah if you're just trying to sell your unit and that's your only KPI. Sure. Yeah. But then you start thinking about our ROI, like how much, right. Am I spending on that ad to sell said unit? Yeah. Um, does my conversion rate go up if I have content around my product? We know that that's true, right? When you sure. have reviews on a product page, more likely to sell the product. So I think that they're all different tools. You know what I mean? Like if I wanted to put a new window frame into a wall, I'm not going to just use a hammer or just Mm. a saw or just a screwdriver. I need all of these things. So I think content can be a beneficial partner with ads. Um, I think ads can help you inform the kind of content you're going to create, but I I, I don't think you're going to get the whole job done. Most of the time with just ad buying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think there's obviously a business model there. Lots of people do just ad buying and run successful businesses, but I think um, there's a role for content to play as well, um, specifically, like you know, in the B two B space where leads are extremely expensive and advertising can become extremely prohibitive. Yeah, uh, I think content has a huge role to play, and furthermore, you have a lot of buyers that are in the um, research phase of things. Right, if I'm selling a five thousand dollar piece of machinery, somebody uses. Just running ads 100% will not cut it.
0: Sure. Fascinating stuff. Jeff Rage is about this. Um, Dave, where can we find you? Where Where's your website? Social media bits and pieces. Where can we look at your content?
1: Um, you can read about us at copypress.com. Uh, cool. You can always email me at dsnider at copypress.com. And I'm on Twitter if I'm ever on social media, at Dave Snyder. Um, but I don't like going on social media much
0: anymore. No, so. I'm, I'm getting a bit tired of it myself as well, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Um, look, I'll leave links in the show notes. But, um, th- thanks ever so much for your time, Dave. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks again to Dave for his time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.